listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Welcome to another week of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Um, it's been a uh, long week. As soon as the show ended last week, uh, some big news broke out, and we were trying to regroup for you. Big news. Yeah, very big, very big sexy news. Sexy in the pants news. Um, not really. Somebody's old guys. pants. Yeah, because yeah, they weren't wearing any. <laughs> no, we, me and Stoner tried to get together. It didn't happen, so we we're like, "Screw it, we, we're going to wait till everything unfolds, and we're just going to like just throw it at you." So, would you like to do the honors of, of telling telling the listeners what happened? Uh, They've been living. I think everybody knows. Yes, what's that? I said. Into I said what? All the people that have been living under a rock. Yeah, the people living under a rock. Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots, because of all the rings that he has on his hands. He can't. Um, he can't manipulate himself to orgasm. So that means that means he some, can't masturbate. He can't masturbate. So he was <laughs> paying some. He was paying some uh, some people at a massage parlor to give him a little rub and tug. And uh, turns out that this, this massage parlor was kind of under investigation for like a prostitution ring. And, uh, yeah, so he got charged with like solicitation, you know, whatever. Um, and you know, they have surveillance footage where he's actually getting fucking blow jobs and getting hand jobs. And, uh, he got charged. He actually pled not guilty today to soliciting prostitution. And yeah. What are your thoughts on the six so, billion dollar man getting a fifty nine dollar <laughs> rum <and> duck. <laughs> These kinds of things happen. So, like, yeah, I had a lot of conversations like over over the past weekend and like even early this week with a lot of people. And like, the thing is, is like a lot of people are like, "There's no way he was involved." And I'm like, "You don't know what the fuck people that make billion dollars a year do." Like, like the, if you, like these people are like very powerful people and they're like hardcore, yeah. like, you know, in control all the time. And like the, they want to escape, but most of the time their escapes are like way, uh, more hardcore than an, an average person escape. So, yeah. but in this I mean, case, this it's is, really not, you know, it's really not. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people do this. So I, uh, I, this, when I heard this story, this instantly brought me back to 2011 uh me and a friend of mine went to uh this massage <laughs> in uh in a little a little place outside of new orleans and uh just for the record it is now a vape shop so shit went down uh, so you're still going there's <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> there will be a vape shop in the spa place at jupiter before long of course of course there is <laughs> somebody's always smoking something in that building 
Yes. So I remember it just brought me back to like walking into this place and I was with, I was with a guy at the time, not going to go too full into detail uh, about it, but uh dude was, uh, dude was a, an officer of the law and, and you know, we were in a, we were like off, he was off duty, of course, like whatever we were but, like, my style was completely different back then. Cause I was in college. So like I was rocking like short shorts and Sperry's and polos and, you know, I was all engulfed in that, you know, in that stuff. And, um, so we walk into this place and I'm looking at him and I'm like, are we going to try this? Like, how do you do this? Like, do you just ask them? Like, I'm like, is there like code words? Is there like secret words? So we didn't know. Well, anyway, we get in there and because of the way we're dressed, like they instantly, you could tell they were very suspicious of us and they, they turned us down for, for service completely. They were like, you can't even have a massage. And I was like, Whoa. it was the short show you were wearing they knew it had to be like yes yeah, so we look like we look like narcs obviously so i wanted to know like i have a feeling like is it safe to assume that every massage parlor will will jack you off no it's not safe to <laughs> assume that they're 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 not all like that how about in florida uh possibly in florida if not like every other one that's like the only place you really hear about it is like Florida. Yeah, there were some of them in Jersey. We used to go to in Atlantic City. Um, yeah, I mean they were there. There were some in in yeah. There were some yeah. You just knew where they were. People knew where they were. I don't know how. I just found out from others. So but it turns out. So I've been there. But I've been to them before. It's yeah. pretty easy. They just ask you if you want extra, and you say extra. Hey, yeah, I want extra, and that's <laughs> it. Yeah, I mean. It was, it's pretty simple, but apparently like there's 200 something people that have been or will be charged or arrested. They seized a bunch of money. Um, I mean, we could joke about it, but it was also involved some like sex trafficking rings. So yeah. And that's the know, hardcore that's, part that's, about it that we don't want to, you know, like it's, don't get it twisted. It's hugely problematic. And, and there's a good chance I've been hearing that, uh, there's a good chance that Robert Kraft may, <laughs> no pun intended, he may get off in the case. Ah. Um, because, no, I'm serious. They're saying that him pleading not guilty because, you know, the people that, though, I mean, he did solicit prostitution because he paid people for right. hand jobs and blow jobs the morning of the AFC championship game. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, in one report, it came out, and it was just like the dude straight up got head, went, got on a plane, yeah. went to Jupiter, got head, flew back to Kansas, yeah, and, and hoisted the AFC championship trophy. Right, right. And then, but they're saying that, uh, you know, the people that, you know, were caught on camera giving him a little extra service were not victims of human trafficking. It was like, I don't know, the owner. And like somebody else, so he wasn't. You know, I mean, if there's if there's if there's a bright shining light to look at in this story for him, it's that he wasn't taking advantage of people that were victims of sex trafficking. He was just a guy um, trying to trying to you know. Yeah, thank you, Payne. He was like the manager of the spa and like another employee. And they were like old women. Too. They hugged him. Yeah, they they one, were like one was him. like forty. One was like forty five years old, and the other was almost. 60. Oh yeah, they were busted, dude. They were busted up real bad. I saw pictures. Yeah, uh, they. So, I mean, said, at least he was he was staying in his age group. He was staying in his age group, you know. Yeah, for sure. And they 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 said in the report too, like he would come in like every time he came in, he would always be greeted with a hug. 
He would get a hug before he went into the room. He would be greeted with a hug after he left the room. And then like he slid like somebody a hundred dollar bill and then a bill that they couldn't identify. Yeah. It was probably a 10. (laughs) I've got, yeah, I've got like, I've got my money on like uh, a $50 bill. Just because I mean, I like Robert Kraft's that kind of guy. He gives his grandkids fifty dollar bills for Christmas. He seems like the kind of guy that would slide him like a two dollar bill, you know? Yeah. That's <laughs> if you had if you had a, a grandfather in your life that gave you two dollar bills for Christmas, like yeah, that was that's that. Robert Kraft. That's Robert Kraft. Two dollars. That's what he paid for his Robin tubs. <laughs> oh, two dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that would be yeah, yeah you keep those those are gonna be worth something one day one day one day they sure. were they were the shit so you but gave me yeah I, I think we what? just figured out what what the what our our t-shirt that we're gonna sell is gonna say it's gonna be, <laughs> what? It's gonna be a picture of robert Kraft, and it's gonna just say i got off if he gets off <laughs> I got off. <laughs> if he gets off on the charge it's just gonna say i got off <laughs> like or, or i'll get off Yes, uh, I'll, I'll get, get off. off. That's copyright material right there. Yeah. If I see anybody do that, we're coming after you with the force of a thousand Robert Kraft Asian hand jobs. <laughs> the force of one lawyer. <laughs> one lawyer. We don't even know yet. <laughs> yeah, we'll, figure, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out for sure. But uh, yeah, public, was, public offender. The crazy news. We we finally brought it to you. Yeah, it um, happened right after we got done the last week. But, I mean, who knows, man? It's just, you know, when uh, – what's his name from uh, the Panthers? Kyle Kyle Richardson? Yeah. Is that his name? I mean, he got in hot water for doing some stuff. And uh, they forced him to to sell the team. Or Jerry Richardson. I'm sorry. Jerry yeah, Richardson. that was – yeah, the Carolina Panthers. It was what last Yeah, the year? Panthers. I don't know why I said Kyle. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, a year or two somewhere. Yeah. How is how how do you do you think that we? I mean, like Goodell already has it out for the Patriots anyway. This seems very like. I mean, I I I fathom that that Roger Goodell is praying and hoping that he does not get found not guilty. Yeah, that they find him guilty. Because Richardson was I just mean, trying. He was just trying to get girls to do stuff. Yeah, I mean, he was. And he was actually he was still wrong. Stuff but, like that too. Yeah. He was groping people inappropriately and very wrong writing shit. them filthy filthy letters. But I mean they made him they essentially forced him to sell the team. I just I don't see them I don't see him doing it. I don't see him I don't see Roger having the balls. Ugh. But I mean he might locate him if uh if Kraft gets in trouble. Yeah, what, you know, what would be the what do you think could be a punishment for this? It's the cheesiest. If it's really bad, they'll make them sell the fucking team. They could. I mean, that would be the worst, right? The I think like the 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 like yeah, that would be like the worst punishment. Like another punishment. Like, do you think would it would it be a punishment if like like could they be like you can't come to any games for your own team? Like, you can't I mean, be- I guess they could. They could probably fight them. I feel like that's what they would do. That he you. You can't kiss Tom Brady on the mouth anymore. <laughs> that's dude, that would be like the worst for him because like that's how he gets his rocks off. <laughs> that's another four, way. That's foreplay. That's Tom Brady brought Viagra. that shit home to his kids. <laughs> his Viagra. That's before he goes in, he kisses Brady on the mouth. Yeah, no, oh, for that man. kind of action, he can't just be like taking Viagra. He's probably like shoving them up his ass. Like that's quick, so quick funny. Or just so crush him and snort him. Yeah, snort Viagra, Robert. I feel like that's something he would do. 
yeah. <laughs> okay. he seems like the type. Um, but yeah, so don't, he's don't pay, uh, don't don't pay for rubbing tucks anymore, Robert Kraft. You're busted. He's in trouble. He's in a bit of trouble. Hot water. Do you think his wife's going to divorce him? No. Come on now. No. I would love to be at, at their family Christmas this year, <laughs> just to kind of see. Or like at Easter. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a sooner holiday. Be yeah. at that house for Easter, at that dinner table. Boy, the yeah. conversation. No, no, thank you. <laughs> I mean, he'll invite, he'll invite Tom and Giselle over so he doesn't get in too much trouble. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wild shit. It's the, week, it's the week of the NFL Combine. Um, oh, Combine. Yeah, there's a lot going on this weekend. Yes, for sure. We finally have more football to talk about. It's getting getting close to the drafts, draft season is approaching. Uh, going to be pretty exciting. It's a big, exciting one for these quarterbacks, or at least for one quarterback that's overrated as, as the fuck, Kyler Murray. Um, Kyler Murray. They measured him today, and he's came out and said that he's not going to be competing in any um, any drills which is stupid, I feel like, because that just hurts you. He's prepping for his pro day. It also keeps people talking about him. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, if he comes out today and... Who's been more influential in media, like, as, like, an up-and-coming, like, like a draftee? Like, who's been this influential? Like, as far as being indecisive and trying to play this shit off? I can't even remember the last Uh, person that he's used... To do. You know, occasionally quarterbacks won't throw, but they usually do some of the some of the things. But he seems like he's not doing anything. Um, so I don't know, man. Should have played know. baseball. <laughs> yeah, he he still has an option, you know. Yeah, he's just like chilling out. But no, he came out and said he wanted to play football. It's full. It's full on now. It's he's he's in it a hundred percent. So I just don't really understand why the hell he's doing what he's doing. But um, yeah, he's. Just- just trying to he's just trying to keep them talking about him i believe until it gets to his pro day and then he'll do some things in his pro day so so he'll have pro day we'll see what the hell he's made of um i know that he's uh five foot ten and i think like a centimeter so yeah not officially short five ten in the hair that's right not officially short guy according yeah. to the nfl because he had that you know Shoot. That hair, two hundred and seven pounds, two hundred seven, kind of a big guy. <laughs> they were, yeah, he was. They were, weren't they saying like he was around like one eighty? Yeah, but I mean, he put on some weight. We knew he was putting on some pounds. I saw people talking about that on Twitter the last couple of days. I read an so, article that said that he was going to run the fastest forty, and I find it hard to believe. He ain't running shit. So he's exactly. running like, literally the slowest forty right why now. Why are people why are people sucking this dude's cock so hard? Yeah, I don't know, man. There are plenty of penises that could be filleted based on even just the you know, the measurables that we saw today. What's who who stood who's out for you? Guys today? For you? Who's one of those guys? Oh, for me it was uh Kansas State running back. It was actually a whole group of running backs, but Alex Barnes put up some numbers today on the bench press. He it's threw crazy. up thirty. He threw up thirty four reps of two twenty five. Um, Insane. That's just yeah. I mean, he's six one, like two twenty, two thirty, maybe at most. But he put up some. He put up some reps. Um, I think his draft stock will go up if he if he performs pretty well on the field. He had a bunch of yards and touchdowns last year. Averaged a ton of yards of carry for Kansas State. 
But all these running backs, Jalen Moore throw up 27, Elijah Holyfield, who I think is going to be a, a fucking monster in the NFL. He threw up 26. Rodney Anderson, who missed a lot of time for Oklahoma this past year. He got super hurt. Um, he put up 25. He's not going to do a lot of the on-field stuff either. And then Miles Gaskin from Washington, who I kind of like. I feel like he could be a better version of TJ Yeldon. Um, I like him. He, he's super quick. He, uh, but he put on he put on some muscle, and clearly he's got the strength. So if he still has some speed and his forty numbers solid, I could see Gaskin getting getting a lot of play next year as a rookie. What about you? Who who stuck out for you today? So, so I was looking like, I mean, obviously it's like, like numero uno wide receiver. Um, they made a comparison to him to, to my homie, Josh Gordon. And when they made that comparison, I was just like, okay, got to check this cat out. So DK Metcalf, a uh, wide receiver out of Ole Miss, uh, 6'3", 228. Uh, he's got like a nine inch hand, uh, 82 inch wingspan. And he's ripped. This, this dude is like 1% body fat. He's chiseled, bro. He's got 1.6, they said. This, I mean, They would have made a statue looks, of him in ancient Rome. That's, that's this. But he, he's built more like, I don't even know, man. Like, he's built like a, like a strong safety, like a, like a giant defensive end, even. It's going like, to be. He's it's built strange, like a yeah. Cam Chancellor. Yeah. Cam Chancellor kind of um, guy. I like that comparison. I do. So it's but, like, it's like big hybrid wide receiver kind of coming out. I know like in 2018, um, I think he had like 569 yards. Uh, 2017 was definitely like his one of his better years. He he had, I think it was like 39 receptions, seven touchdowns that year for Ole Miss. I mean, Ole Miss isn't like yeah. the best football team in the SEC, but I mean – it's just far as like talent of seeing him like on a really good team, like coming out, like this is going to be like a hot rookie wide receiver to watch out for. And like, I'm, you know, I'm all about rookie wide receivers. Like yeah. I was big on the DJ Moore train last year. I know, even though he only had like a couple of good games towards the end of the season, but, um, they say this, this dude's guy. got crazy, like crazy raw talent. So I, exactly. I'll be interested to see how fast he runs. I mean, if he, if he, if he runs fast, which people are expecting him to, he could, he could push himself towards like the top 12, top 10 pick. Yeah, um, easily. So I'll be interested to see his on the field stuff and see what he does. Um, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah, he's a monster. Yeah, and I mean, um, there's a lot of big receivers out there. <laughs> yeah, there's gonna be some good ones. I still got a lot more like to look at as far as like the numbers go to like really kind of like get my rankings right of like where I think these players are gonna do. Like, and after the draft is when I'll really, you know, ramp up on that. And you, I know you, excuse me, I know you'll do the same. But uh, he's yeah, the only guy I really I mean, got to look at today. I didn't get to watch a whole lot of it. I was on the road most of the day, so I've uh, just kind of been catching up on some stuff after clock. Yeah. I've just been watching a little bit here and there. What should we expect on day three? Anything? I mean, anybody um, that you're looking forward to? I don't really know what's happening. I'm ready. I'll be honest. Like, I'm ready to see uh, the Dwayne Haskins go down because I feel like – I think we talked about it last week. Like, and, uh, and who was it? Your other guy, your other quarterback, like Daniel Jones. I mean, really, I'm ready to, to see these quarterbacks um, – I know the most 
needy teams right now for quarterback would be like the Redskins, the Dolphins, um, yeah. Jags. And I mean, we don't know, like some of these teams, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the Nick Foles thing going around him being a free agent now, you know, there's, you know, we put a poll up, uh, trying to figure out a lot of people think he's going to go to the Jags. What if the Jags go rookie and, you know, the surprise or shocked the hell out of everybody. Um, so there's there's a lot of different things I'm looking at, but normally I'm going to really be paying attention to the quarterback position, and I'm going to be paying attention to the wide receivers this year. Um, like you said, running backs they got some good ones in there, and everything is you know when the forty comes out, more drills come out. I'll make more assessments, but I just uh, I've just really gotten on my watching college film because I don't watch college ball. Yeah, so I'm uh, I got a lot of film to watch, got a lot of studying to do because I'm gonna make sure like a mofo that, that I'm ready and, you know, I'm excited to see some defensive line stuff too. There's a lot of defensive, de- yeah. defensive talent. Greedy Williams, bro. Greedy Williams. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, LSU guy. I want to see White. if, if Ed Oliver is going to be able to do some things. I want to see what he's doing out there. Cause the last two years as a freshman and a sophomore, I would have taken him number one in the draft both years. And this year he didn't have as good a good a season, but I mean he's still a top fifteen, top ten pick for me. I nice. still think he's one of the most talented players there. So I'd like to see him do some work and get himself up into the uh up into the top ten, solid top ten. Top ten guy. Where where do you want to see but, him play at mostly? Uh I want all of the good players to be in San Francisco. All of them. Well, of course. <laughs> think, I think that's I think it. That you think that Devin White has a, a good chance of going? Uh, Devin White should be a top like seven pick, probably. I um, say top. Five. I, I could see. Yeah, he, he could be. I mean, I could see. Yeah, he'll he'll get taken top five, top six. I mean, unless people go are behind trading Bosa. up to get a quarterback. Yeah, unless people are trading up to get a quarterback, you know, something like that. Very true. Um, I heard the rumor Arizona so, might be trading trading away their uh, their pick. Yeah, they're talking about it. I mean, they're open to it. There's also been talk today about Josh Rosen clearing all the Cardinal stuff off of his Instagram, and you know the possibility of them trading him. And I don't, I don't know. Oh, well, if he cleared, okay, if he cleared all the stuff off his Instagram. Josh yeah. Rosen is is the type of guy where like I don't I wouldn't put that past him because like if he feels like you're not on his boat then he's gonna kick you the fuck off of his. Yeah, they're talking about you know the possibility of him getting traded to say like the Chargers, the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles. I like that. And too. him, you know, then him having played at USC and then he could or being UCLA. And then he could uh, sit behind Philip Rivers for a little bit and it's, take it'd be, over. It'd be like the uh, the perfect Jared Goff story. Yeah, pretty much. Cali but I could Cali. see him. I could also see him coming out and, and, and bouncing into this year like Goff did. How Goff was pretty horrible and then came out and played extremely well. I mean, he's got a new coach. He's got some... Offensive talent with David Johnson and Christian Kirk. I mean, I I don't think they get rid of him. I think they have too many needs. I think they just take Bosa, and uh, that's it, man. I think that's what they do. I'm going with the hype. They're gonna they're gonna take Kyler Murray. Cliff Kingsbury is gonna take Kyler. 
already crazy. If he took, that would be crazy if, for if me. He, if if Rosen has already removed all of his Cardinal stuff, it's it's happening. Like he's he's gone, and I'm telling you, Rosen's that kind of guy. He's going to take that and he's going to run with it. And Collar's going to be there. And then I was watching something too. They were talking about if AB ends up in Arizona. They have the cap. Um, Larry Fitz and AB with Kyler Murray sounds deadly as fuck. And I think Cliffsbury coming from like the collegiate world is like a guy that's going to have the balls to do it. Um, yeah, so I don't know what their I don't know what their money situation is. It's gonna it's gonna be exciting though because this is the most anticipated thing. So draft night's gonna be great. Um, we're gonna be doing some crazy stuff yeah. for draft for the draft night. So you guys be ready. For, we got time for that. Okay. So other big news in the football world is that a certain tight end in Dallas named Jason Witten has decided to come out of retirement, and now Monday Night Football is left with a vacancy. So if I'm being real here. I'm going to have to go ahead and just straight up say like two electric dudes that I think would be like the perfect like replacement for Monday night football. Like there's two options. One, Chad Ochocinco and Pat McAfee. <laughs> and, and I know, I know this shit's outlandish, but if you go back to when Pat McAfee did the, uh, the, I think it was the game. It was Detroit and green Bay. That was one of the most electric calls I've ever heard in my life because Pat McAfee brings his own spin to it. So you have to acknowledge the fact that sports and sports commentary is changing and it's changing rapidly. I mean, like our show, for instance, is like one of those things like, you know, people are doing things differently. It's not just suit and tie talking about stats and shit like that. Like people want character and people want entertainment out of it too. So giving a guy like Pat McAfee, with all that energy and that electricity would be amazing for ESPN. And then on the side with Chad Ochocinco, we've, we've seen what Chad Ochocinco's done. Yeah. He exited the NFL kind of in like, you know, a shitty fashion, but you know, he's kind of like made like a resurgence for himself, especially in like in 2018, 2019. So seeing like an older guy that has played the game, come back in and be able to like completely dominate would be fantastic in a booth. I just wonder if uh, Jason Witten has tainted them from doing that, from grabbing a player. Though they did grab Jason Witten straight out of retirement. Very true. Another thing is, too, is like what kind of character did Jason Witten really have? Like there wasn't really a lot of electricity. I mean, like, yeah, he was a great football player, great tight end. Can't knock Zero that. electricity, bro. Zero no electricity. electricity. Like no. personality. You have to have personality. He had the personality of a pudding cup. Yes, he did. He had the personality <laughs> of a, a third grader in Miss Libby's class trying to read yeah. the puppy who lost his way. A tapioca That's snack pack. Tapioca sna- snack packs. You're the coolest. Billy Madison, watch it. He's a mess. He, he sucked. Well, I mean, I mean, like, so, I mean, honestly, who are you looking at? Like, who do you think could be? I, I'm thinking that they got to get more. Of a of a of a professional type analyst, and I, the first guy, that, the first guy that came to mind for me was Lewis Riddick. Okay. Lewis Riddick did the halftime show with Steve Young and Susie Colbert. He made the NFL draft. He makes the NFL draft extremely watchable. Um, he's probably ESPN's top guy right now, and I think he's you know he's due for a for a, for maybe a promotion if you want to call it that. 
he um he'll definitely make it an enjoyable listen he'll make it respectable he knows what the hell he's talking about he's definitely over i mean he's definitely entertaining and i don't see him like overhyping people like john gruden used to do you know what i mean like john gruden kind of used to overhype guys and, it made and, it fun to watch though yeah Riddick will keep it real and it'll still be entertaining he's a little more of an analyst but my other my other name uh is an ex-player um I'm wondering if they'd go into that Peyton Manning well. Forehead man? Forehead man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I mean, that would be fun. He's got character, and he's got Peyton, professionalism. Yeah, Peyton Manning is a liked, he's a well-liked dude. I mean, he clearly was a talented player. He's a well-liked individual. He has some personality in his commercials and his SNL shit. Like, he's super funny. It'll cost probably a ton of money to get Peyton Manning, but I could see Peyton Manning being in the booth. I don't know if that other that other clown, fucking what's his name, Tessator or whatever the fuck his name is. Don't even know. Yeah, douchebag. The other douchebag that was in the box with uh, Jason Witten. I don't know if he'd be the right guy. Um, I just I just don't know that he would be the right guy for either Peyton. Or Riddick. Joe Tessitore. Joe Tessitore. Yeah, I could see Riddick and fucking Bugger being a good time together. Um, you know what I mean? Because Bugger isn't as much of the analyst as Riddick is. I think they could they could do well. I could see Kurt Warner being a fucking you know maybe like a lesser choice than Peyton Manning. Well, see, here's my whole thing with it. Okay, so like I was talking about like Chad Ochocinco, like Pat McAfee, and even your Peyton Manning. Like, Lewis Riddick, like, all right, for one, like, yeah, I know who Lewis Riddick is, but like, is he like a big household name? Like, you no, want, definitely like, not. And, and you got to appeal to millennial viewers. Like, millennial viewers, is just, that's just where shit's going now. Like, that's, that, that's why the Monday Night Football had the fucking Genesis Halftime show, like the corniest shit of all time. Like, they were like pandering to millennials, but but like trying to like it was like a bunch of like 60 year olds and they were like this is going to be really hip this is what yeah, we I, should do i think they got to get rid of tessator too because he's fucking garbage i don't even know I who would, the fuck a tessator is and i'm, yeah, I'm not afraid I, to say that i would go to peyton manning and say if we were to offer you this job who would you want to work with and uh i would maybe talk to kurt warner and ask him if he'd be willing to work with booger mcfarland um, and Riddick could probably work with Booger also because Booger would bring that that fire, that excitement to the booth. And yeah, we all know and, what Booger can do. Yeah, and then Kurt Warner and uh, and and or Riddick, one of those guys could be. I don't see Kurt NFL. Warner leaving NFL Network though. I mean, he's no, but comfortable at home. ESPN backs up the truck. You, you never know. We should do a fantasy draft of announcers. That's what we should do. We need to make a show. We're that's we're gonna plan this show. We're gonna do a fantasy announcers draft. <laughs> Me and okay. you, we're gonna do. We're gonna get a couple other guys. We're gonna do that. But yeah, I'm reading an article. Like I was looking at an article with the Chicago Tribune. They were talking about who would be good replacements. And I mean, Lewis Riddick's on there. Kurt Warner's on there. You know, they even have Steve Young, Greg Olson. Sick. Yeah, I've Greg seen Olson. I've seen Olson getting pumped up for that. I think. Uh, I think people like that guy, man. Okay, Rex Ryan is a big no. I don't even know why he's on this fucking list. Um, 
Matt Hasselback. He's kind of made like a, a sneaky, sneaky comeback in broadcasting. Bald head. No, thank you. Bald heads are cool. You have a bald uh, head, maybe. I don't like <laughs> fucking. I don't like. Uh, I don't like Hasselback, dude. Honestly. Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler. Yeah. No. Jay fucking Cutler. He can just Mar- Mar- sig in the booth. Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. See, that's the thing is ESPN has to do away with this facade of what is professionalism. You have to realize <laughs> that millennials don't give a shit. We want to laugh and we want to have fun watching fucking Smash Mouth football. So yes, Marshawn Lynch would be electricity. Yeah. I think Olsen I, I think Olsen has done a little bit of booth work before and he's yes. been pretty solid. When he when his foot was fucked up, I think it was like yeah. two years ago he did that and he was fucking he was great at it. Like I, yeah. I think Greg Olsen has I, I for, for, for starters, here's the big deal, okay? He the way he talks and sounds, I did not expect him to sound that way. He's like what he's you, got like this he just he sounds like like a just a normal guy. I thought yeah, he was good. gonna be like I'm Greg Olson, I am a I'm Greg Olson. I've got a chiseled jaw. Yes, I thought he was going to be that guy, but he's like, yo, man, it was so fucking crazy, man. He's that guy, and that's, it, that yeah. makes you lovable. That makes you lovable. Here's, uh, lovable. here's, uh, here's that, that theory about uh, there was a twit, a twit, a Twitter, a twit, a tweet a going twit around. There. there was a twit out there yesterday that uh, Jason Witten, he'll never play it down for the Cowboys. He, He'll he'll come out during camp and retire again, and you know, say he just can't do it anymore. It's a hard thing, and it'll get him out of you know Monday Night Football without the embarrassment of being fired. Dude, there's there's fucking there's people that are that are like dropping Ezekiel Elliott in their rankings because he's back. Like how much? Like that's fucking stupid. Ezekiel Elliott. Is, there's probably only one person I would draft before Zeke. Yeah, at this point in the game, in a redraft or in a dynasty league, I would probably only take uh, the Quan. Okay, so Quan makes sense. Uh, I would probably only take the Quan, and then Zeke would be my number two. That makes sense, but but like the the thing is, is that because Jason Witten's coming back, people there are a couple people that are dropping him on rankings, and I feel like these people should have their fucking fantasy football card removed. Yeah, they should never. You know what? You know what? You know who could lose a little bit of uh, luster if uh, if Witten actually pans out. The coup is. Uh, yeah, but um, um, I'm thinking Dak's rushing scores may go down. I don't know. Dak likes to run. He's going to keep. He does like to run, but a lot of those are pass plays that he fucking scrambled around and ended up in the end zone. Okay, uh, bold prediction. Jason Witten comes back. Cole Beasley gets traded this year. Bold prediction. Be- Beasley's a free agent, no? If he gets re-signed, he gets traded. He ain't getting re- I don't think he's getting re-signed. <laughs> Beasley's he talking gone. Sh- Beasley's gone. He was talking shit. Yeah, I think he's gone. He dissed, his, he dissed the Cowboys in his rap album? Yeah, he'll go fucking... Yeah, he dissed them hard. He I just, I just, distance. I was just about to fall off of a very big cliff, and you saved me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, it's gonna be exciting to see who the fuck we get in the booth. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, I think Witten, Witten's good. I think he's gonna be a. Uh, you think he's late, gonna play late round, late round tight end guy, for sure. He's worthy of a roster spot. I will say that much. Yeah, I mean the, the position is fucking weak, so. 
Exactly. So he's worthy. It's all that matters. Yeah. I wouldn't bank my starting starting tight end spot on him, but unless he unless he goes ham. And and we'll cross that bridge. Yeah, we'll, but I wouldn't draft him under under the the with the perception that he's going to be my starter. Eh, I know some people that will Cowboys fans. Yeah, that's just let them be dumb. It's going to happen for Cowboys fans. You know uh, who you are. Some other notable shit <laughs> that's went down in other sports. Um, start off uh, for a lot of you that don't know. I am uh, riding. Uh, I'm doing fantasy NASCAR over at Roto Baller. So if you're not, <laughs> if you're not on Roto Baller, go get your subscription to Roto Baller, and you can read my shit every week. I'm riding with Scott Engel, uh, which is fucking huge honor. Big big guy in the fantasy world. Love Scott. Shout out Scott. Um, and so I'm writing about DFS, and and I've explained my love for NASCAR in previous episodes. And so yeah, I'm doing that now. So Brad K won the race. He was sick. Uh, he had diarrhea. Um, and everyone wore masks when he won the race because no one else wanted to have diarrhea. It wasn't a problem for him, though, because NASCAR drivers wear diapers. So who knows? I hate, <laughs> hate whatever, whoever had to experience that one after the race. But that, Brad K is a winner. And over here at GGFS, we slam Brad K's. So slam some Brad K's. Uh, Vegas race is coming up this week. It's going to be pretty hot. I'm actually uh, watching practice right now. Fucking sick! Also, Dylan's leading practice. That's so you're just happening. watching people drive around in a circle. I'm watching people make left turns as we speak. Yeah, making left turns or right turns? Uh, left turns today. Right turns at Watkins Glen, and left turns. Hot. So track. sometimes it's right, and sometimes it's left. That just seems crazy. But most of the times it's left. That's too mm-hmm. confusing. Most of the time, it's just it's crazy. It's cool shit. If you haven't, it, it gives you it make it feels like football, and I feel like it's the best football. It feels like football. Yeah, because because for, if you're playing fantasy, because it's on Sundays, and fantasy so, NASCAR, I wouldn't even know where to start with that. Well, you will if you go over to rotoballer.com and read my articles. Is there you Dale Earnhardt available? Uh, he's available on Twitter and you can read his tweets, but he's not driving anymore. Sorry. Dale Earnhardt. Well, he's dead, isn't he? Dale Earnhardt Jr. Dale Earnhardt Sr. Yes. Dale Earnhardt Jr. Is now an announcer at NBC. He doesn't drive anymore. No, he has a podcast too. It's pretty cool. Pretty good. Pretty good podcast. He has a lot of cool guests on. There's a hundred percent chance I wouldn't listen to his podcast. What what if we had Jeff Gordon on Garage Guys Fantasy Sports? Jeff Gordon or or Jeff, Dale Earnhardt? Jeff Gordon is alive, so he would be the only one we could have. But Dale Earnhardt Jr. could be on. He could, and and he's and he's cool. Just can't really get a hold of him. I feel like the older guys are more susceptible to respond. I, I have I have messaged Dale Earnhardt Jr. and various other drivers, and I was like, "Hey, you should totally come on our show. You should do it." Really? Do I've done it. Yeah, I've done that. I do. I'm I'm in everyone's DMs, bro. I got to bring content for the for the for the garage fam always. So so who would be the coolest driver to get on? Um, the most legendary, uh, probably you know, for our generation, Jeff Gordon would be the most. Nah, fuck that! It's got to be Richard Petty, right? I mean, yeah, I don't but, even know NASCAR. But, but Richard Petty I, doesn't even talk really. He just kind of looks at you now. He's he's he's, he's king, in that age. Bro. He doesn't speak. I mean, but he's the king, right? He is the king. He's the man with the plan. Like we could get, we could. I tried to get Bubba Wallace on. He drives the forty three now. 
Doesn't he play golf? Wait, that's Bubba Watson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Bubba Watson. He has the hovercraft. We, that would be a cool interview. That would be great. Fantasy golf with Bubba Watson, and we could like yeah. sit in his hovercraft and do the podcast. That would be great. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, like no, I do too. Love the fuck out of that guy. But um, yeah, th- there's a lot of cool shit going on with NASCAR right now. They're really trying to appeal to millennial viewers, and um, they're doing some things differently. And I feel like there's a lot more changes that are going to be coming. So. Why not? You know, for me, like the '90s were the hot era, and I feel like that can resurge at any point in time. So, uh, Vegas races this weekend. It's on Sunday, um, and if you want to get some cool DFS picks, head over to RotoBaller.com. You can read my article. It'll be out. Uh, be out today. It'll be out today for sure. So, RotoBaller. We'll be sure to share that. I'll be sure to share it. Just for sure. You know. Fan it. Yeah, Stoner. Stoner's got us. Stoner's, Stoner's with the fam. Send um, it over, and I'll you know. So NASCAR, NASCAR is back. NASCAR is officially cool again because we said so. Um, All right. Well, what about uh, dra- like I know I, I I don't know shit about drag racing either, but I got a buddy that's in a pit crew. No, I don't fuck with that for for drag racing. Mm-mm, I don't fuck with that. How amazing would it be if RuPaul had a drag racing car? <laughs> I would watch every that. every car RuPaul drives in is a drag racing car. D- you just blew my fucking mind. You just blew my fucking mind, Stoner. Th- th- that's facts. That's big facts. Boom. If he's going fast, if we should racing. have RuPaul on the show to talk about his drag racing cars. And what do you write about when you write about NASCAR? So uh, basically, in my articles, I'm writing about, about cool tires, brakes. Yeah, well, no, Mm-mm. you're close though. You're close. Tires are a part of the car. Um. So, I uh, write yes. about yes, they are. <laughs> uh, basically just recap last week's race, and then I talk about you know I watch all the practices, I watch qualifying, and after you know based on some of that information, based on data uh, from previous races and previous years, and you just got to kind of look at the mindset of the driver. You know they're doing well, they're doing not. Mindset is a huge thing in any sport and with human beings in general. So you know mindset has a lot to do with my fantasy picks for football and, and every sport there is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I pay attention to a lot of that shit and then I formulate, uh, four drivers for your lineup that on DraftKings you have six drivers. So I'll let you do the, your own work for two of them, but I'm going to give you four drivers that can be fit within a budget and, uh, and are going to give you the best chance to, to get in the money on uh DraftKings and FanDuel every, uh, every weekend there's a NASCAR race. Well, there we go. That happens. Everyone. So do it, do it. Watch NASCAR. Get your fucking NASCAR picks in. Damn right. Chase Elliott's driving the Hooters car this weekend. And if he comes in the top 10, everyone in America gets free wings. Remember that. Okay. No, if he wins, everyone gets free wings. If he comes in the top 10, everyone gets free pickles the Monday after. So Chase Elliott's my home, homebre, but I'm not biased on my picks. So I haven't right. really wrote about him at all. But anyway, continuing so, on. NASCAR's going to need. We're going to need him to win. Yes, because we want wings. Um, but the data's not looking good for Chase. <laughs> so, um, more, more shit. Other sports. NBA. Uh, craziest play probably that happened this past week. Uh, D-Wade. D-Wizzle. Game-winning three. Um, and it was just phenomenal against Golden State. Um Nobody yeah, saw it was off balance. It was ridiculous. And it was nasty. It was it was nice. It was nice for D Wade. Nasty, nice. And he, then he, he earned that shit. 
he did the big pose at the end like he was like bitch i'm wild dude stanky leg like he was up there with it like he yeah i've always liked Dwayne wade i've always thought he was uh he was solid uh, kind of a class act um so it's always nice to see that you know it's a, for sure it's his it's his victory tour so um, awesome see, I actually have a Miami t-shirt jersey with the like Miami Vice uh, design, the city jersey. They should wear that shit every time. That they, needs to be their new they, jerseys. I don't like the original jerseys. Yeah, they look he's, uh, he's a solid dude. It was a similar shot that Kobe hit in his face years ago. So, so that was kind of like his revenge. Like he was like, Kobe, yeah, I mean, Kobe, gr- yeah. Granted, it wasn't Kobe, but. But hey, it was it was amazing for sure, and especially when you're on, you know, your your last leg and you're coming up to getting out of the game. Um, big uh, big thing I'm excited for when D-Ray retires. I think he's going to bring back the Seattle SuperSonics. Which if he does, I will completely drop all of my allegiance to the New Orleans Pelicans. Yes, you heard it here first, and I will be a Seattle. That. Yes, I'll be a Seattle SuperSonics fan forever if he brings them back. That was when I was a kid. That was my squad, bro. Like I just remember when I was a kid, my grandmother bought me a pack of of NBA pencils, and my favorite one was the Supersonics (laughs) because they had a really dope logo, and I liked the way that Sonics was written on their jerseys. Yeah, that's uh, why I picked them. A lot of people forget. I think it was the Seattle Supersonics that drafted Kevin Durant. They did, yes, and they are yeah. the, the original Supersonics are now the OKC Thunder, but yeah. I just I can't I can't fathom pulling for a team in Oklahoma because I feel like they're not supposed to be there. Yeah, but I remember their squads back in the day. They had Ray Allen, who was always a gunslinger. Gary the Payton, the gloves, yes, was playing defense better than most. Uh, Sean Kent, Sean Kent was a high flyer. Sean Kent was my number one. I remember them losing to uh, to an eight seed, the Denver Nuggets, with the Kembe Mutombo in the first round, the five game series. What are you going to do? He just yells in your face, you know. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, like the Sonics were there for a minute, and you know, Bill Simmons for a while has always contended that the Sonics need to come back. Big fan. So yeah, it will be great. It'll be great. It'll be great if it happens, but you know. That Let's stuff takes time. Will you pray with me? Uh, I'm I'm not much of a prayer, man. Will you meditate with me on it? Uh, maybe I don't know. We can we can buy a piece. We can go buy a peace pipe and send our dreams to the Creator. I already got it. One of them. <laughs> well, we'll just do it, but we'll just send our dreams to the Creator because our Creator is you know, probably a, C- a Supersonics fan. You know, the Stoner's not much of a believer in uh, that type of stuff. Of sending your dreams to the creator? Yeah. You never opened up your pineal gland after you were after you were smoking some DMT infused marijuana? <clears throat> never have never done that. Oh my god, it changed your life. I don't know if I want to infuse my marijuana with anything. Welcome to the Joe Rogan podcast. Today we're gonna to talk about DMT. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, um, no, I think that stuff's really bad for you, man. I don't know. Anything that's not weed, you probably think is bad. Yeah, I don't know. Big fan of DMT. Shout out DMT. Um, okay, Bryce Harper. Huge news. Fuck Bryce Harper. Huge news for Bryce. Uh, he's going to Philadelphia. What's the contract? 
13 years, $330 million. Insanity. They have one other baseball player that played for the Mets that has a contract running to 2035. Well, fuck you. Bobby Benilla, fuck Bobby Benilla, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, they, they, they bought him out of his contract a long, long time ago, and the deal was that he gets a million dollars a year up until 2032 or whatever. Yeah, so I, think, I thought that was funny. They made the comparisons. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so Bryce Harper's a, a, a Philly now, and he's already recruiting other people to Philadelphia. It's like he's lived there his whole life. So he hasn't. They're going to hate him in Philly. Oh, I know. I, can, I see it coming now. He's already he hasn't. Lev Bell. How, how do you give a guy $330 million and he's never had 100 RBIs? I mean, there's Cloud. many, there's many things I could say about I think one time, oh, he may have had a hundred RBIs this year. May have just hit a hundred uh, this past season. But fuck him, dude. He batted two forty nine. He batted two forty three a couple of years ago. He's very inconsistent. Um, He's a poster boy of, of the MLB, bro. That's why they're gonna. I was He's a poster I, boy. If he was a Met, I'd be saying complete opposite. But fuck him because he's not. Yeah, um, like that was the hot rumor because he had he, everybody thought he might be going to the Mets because he had a, an apartment like where a lot of other Mets players lived in Queens. Yeah, I knew he wasn't going there. I, I didn't. I thought it could happen. I was hoping, but I knew they weren't. They don't have the money for that, man. Or they have the money. They just don't. They just don't spend it. The team is cheap as fuck. Don't don't you guys have like a new uh, a new GM? Yeah, yeah. Go on like Fran- Francesca's show. And like yeah, Francesca he, like made an ass out of him. Yeah, well, Francesca makes an ass out of himself all the time. Bro, he's good. He had a good off season. I don't think they got as big a signing as they hoped, but they made some moves. They're going to be a competitive team. Jacob Degrom's. I think they have the best the best rotation in baseball. The best front four in baseball. It's like an. It's like a. It's like Philadelphia. The city of Philadelphia is like a Fourth of July party every day with their sports teams because it's all about liberty. It's Liberty city. So it's like, you know, just it's America just all over the place though. Like they have the ability, you know what I mean? They'll love their teams at eight o'clock in the morning, but by eight o'clock at night, they hate them. Right. All I care about is if, is uh, Charlie from it's always sunny in Philadelphia that he makes a return as green man. (laughs) That's all I care about. Classic. Want to see that happen for sure. Um, I'm actually, uh, we're, we're the garage guys, me and stoner are partaking in, uh, in a, a very, very big fantasy baseball draft that has literally went on for a fucking week. Yeah. <laughs> we, it is now Friday. I can't even think of what pick we're on, but uh, uh, we're in round 16. We're in round 16 now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Pick five around 16. So, so we're we're playing in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. Uh, it's a huge honor to be in this, by the way. Um, and we're playing with a lot of you know very big guys in the industry of fantasy sports. Uh, very smart guys, uh, guys that do a lot of homework. But four hours per pick is rough, and um, it's been a it's been a grind. I feel like we're in the movie Moneyball right now, kind of. Um, yeah, she's talking taking forever, man. 
It is, but but we're going to have a hot team as soon as the team is finished. And when we get done concocting this uh, powerhouse of fucking just stiff dick baseball energy. Yeah, we started with Mookie Betts with the number one pick. That's right. So. Mookie Mook. And then it's all downhill from there. <laughs> we did get Charlie Blackman. I like Charlie Blackman. I like Big Blake Snell. Him. We got a good squad. And Blake Snell. Blake Snell's on the up and up. So we he's got a baller. Him. He was a fuck up and up. He was a Cy Young Award winner last year. Exactly, but he's he's going even higher. He's on the up and up. Yeah, that, we got that some, can be said always. We got some guys that you know need to have some bounce back years from injury. You know, well, we still got another fucking thirty seven picks or something. I don't even know. Our team's like th- runs thirty deep. So we'll we'll let you know next year how our draft went. And, yeah, um, I mean, hopefully by <laughs> hopefully by April. <laughs> we'll have this thing. Done. We'll, we'll be finished by opening day for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we got we got some time, but um, but yeah, it's it's going to be exciting to see. And like I said, we'll get that shared out to you guys, and we'll let you guys follow along with us what's going on. Um, but uh, sports sports is wild. NFL coming coming around the block. Sports is just happening. Things are happening. We also uh, we're still doing our basketball league. I'm thirteen right. and five. I think you're what ten and eight. My record has slipped to shit, and I'm not a fan of it. Um, yeah. Nick Wilcox has overtaken me in first place in the worst division possible. Yeah, in the East for sure. Yeah. Have a and have then, a bad division where I'm at in fantasy. And then me and uh, I'm I'm two games behind this dude in the West. So yeah, I saw I saw the rankings. Uh, it's not looking too hot. Anthony Davis, you know. Is is what it is right now. I'm getting I'm getting beat by like a hundred points this week, and um, yeah, I'm not not too satisfied uh, at all. But uh, with my team now, I did get the Joe Harris guy, so he's there. How's he uh, doing for you? You know, with Joe, he got me a whole thirteen points on Wednesday. Solid numbers 13. for Joe Harris, right there. There we go. Um, thirteen, eh? Anthony Davis with a hot 37 as, as opposed to the 80, 80 burgers he was putting up for me in the beginning of the season. Thanks, LeBron. Um, yeah. Let's see. He really, he really fucked that up, huh? My team has just kind of went to shit a little bit, but we're, we're going we're gonna to make it. We're going to come back strong. Uh, it's almost, we're almost there. Isn't it crazy that we've been playing this shit? We've been playing this shit for a long time. This yeah, is fantasy it's been basketball going on since October, man. This is it's fantasy basketball ever. Yeah, this is wild shit. So, uh, I'll definitely make the playoffs. So I'll be there. I'll see you there. I'll dance with you probably. Maybe we'll Yeah, I'll I'll win. We'll see. We still got to get dues from some people. If you if you owe dues, pay your fucking dues <laughs> now. Yeah. It's time. We do have one team that hasn't won a game at all. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's the homie, the homie Jordan. He stopped he playing. Huh? Shit. Damn it, he boy! He paid he his dues, playing. though. He paid his dues. Well, maybe he should make me a fucking trade, Jordan. If you're listening, make me a trade, homie. We'll get we'll get with him in the war room for sure. I'll I'll link you two up. I'll have his people get with your people. Yeah, I mean, if he's not gonna fucking be filling his team out, I could uh, take advantage of some of those players. I mean. He could trade me some of those guys, for sure. So that's 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 happening. So that's some updates. Um, let's let's get to non sports talk. Um, Do we have any of that? 
We have a little bit, yeah. So just we gotta just kick this off. Uh, talk about the uh, the Oscars this past week. Uh, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga are definitely fucking. Yeah, They've he impregnated it. her right by the piano just by staring Dude, at her. I had like a full chub going on in that moment. I thought yeah. the shit was about to go down. Like I literally thought he was about to go in for the kill, like tongue and all. On live television, that's how it looked. Yeah, Lady Gaga looked like she orgasmed when she said yeah, she, she, she did. She orgasms like that. But you're you're familiar with like Bradley Cooper's significant other, right? His wife. I thought it was his girlfriend. Her girlfriend, whatever. I mean, the lady. I think, she, she was very uncomfortable sitting between those two. Dude, she she's like a former supermodel, though. Would you drop would, Lady Gaga for for her? That's the question. Would you do? I would. I would never drop her for Lady Gaga. That's horseshit. I would drop her for Lady Gaga instantly. No way. I mean, Lady Gaga's got so much personality, bro. I like. I like. I like a chick yeah, but, with personality. But you don't know about her. How do you know about her? You don't know nothing about her. Have exactly. I don't her? know anything about. She's not doing cool shit. Or she be in the. She be in the. She be in the news. She's not doing cool shit. She could just stand there and do cool shit. Like, Models just cool stand shit. around and like stare and like do That's like sexy okay. stares. It, I like her sexy stare. If if I wanted that, if I wanted if I wanted a woman that just like pranced around and just stared sexy, I'd buy a sex robot. <laughs> That's what I'd do. But Lady Gaga said it was kind of. You know, people kind of overshot it. They just, uh, they were acting. It was, it was part of the performance. Right. And that, that's what I was saying. Like I had tweeted out that night. I was like, either Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga are like the most convincing actors of all time. Are they, are they fucked? They fucked. I think that, I think they fucked. They're releasing, uh, they're re-releasing a star is born in theaters and all yeah, they're adding, 12 adding minutes. They're smart minutes. as hell, dude. <laughs> they're they about to make people, so much cash. People are going to go see that shit because of that performance. They slayed it. Like, don't get it twisted. They were awesome, right? They were but, like, oh my God, there was another steamy, uh, deleted steamy scene. They were like, hey, hey, if the Oscars, if people would have paid to watch the Oscars and would have known that, they, they would have, like, like really tripled their money. Like it would have yeah. been great. But now because of that, they're like, Oh, Hey, we had this one scene where like they, they pretty much fucked on the street. Let's put that in the movie and re-release it and just yeah. tell people, Hey, pay another $10 to watch 12 extra minutes of this scene where they're intensely staring and, and basically like grinding each other on the road. Yeah. There's a hundred percent chance that I'm never going to watch that movie. <laughs> I watched the movie and it, and I was like, because at first I was like, "There's no way I'm watching this shit. This this looks stupid. <laughs> I don't want to waste my time. I can find something better on TV." And like, I sat down and actually paid attention to it. I had one of my buddies actually was like, "I was like, hey, yeah, have y'all heard about the stars born?" And he was like, "Dude, man, he was like, actually, it's really fucking good." He was like, did you know Bradley Cooper really sings? And I was like, Bradley Cooper really sings? Like, it's his own voice? He was like, yeah. And he, like, pulled up his Spotify, and he showed me the song. And, uh, and shout, out to, shout out to the homie Jeff. So he did that, and, uh, and he showed me, and I was, I was intrigued. I'm like, holy shit, I like Bradley Cooper. This motherfucker's really singing. I got to check this movie out. The best scene in the movie, and everybody's seen it by now, so I don't give a fuck. And if you haven't seen it, just stop, because I'm going to spoil it. This motherfucker 
Like, do you, like, okay, so you haven't seen it, but I'm going to spoil it for you anyway. I saw the original. I don't give a fuck about this one. Okay. In the original one, did... Uh, did it was a long time ago, so well, I don't really remember. <laughs> well, well when, when was it Bar- the Barbara Streisand one? Yeah. Okay. So, Bradley Cooper, like, she wins the Grammy or whatever, and he gets up on stage, and he's so drunk, he pisses his pants. It was, like, the all-time most uncomfortable, awkward moment, but it was funny as fuck. Bradley Cooper should have peed himself at the Oscars. That would that's, made it that's what I tweeted. I was like, I was like, because when she won that Oscar, I was like, how great would it be if Bradley Cooper just went up there and just pissed himself? That would like they would have turned the Oscars into a star sport. We wouldn't know what reality we were living in anymore if that would have happened. Yeah, that we would have been, been sucked into the movie. Every everything would the, the stock market would have collapsed. Everybody would be going to the therapist. Everyone would think they're living in. They, they watched that movie and they got sucked into that reality, and now it's Mandela effect, and they're actually singers and not actors. Yeah, I'm ne- I'm never gonna watch it. Okay, well, anyway, I'm, Bradley I'm Cooper it. pissed his pants. It's funny as fuck. <laughs> you should watch it. Um, so talking about TV shows, Oscars movies. Uh, you got? Did you watch some cool? You got any cool shows to talk about to broadcast? <laughs> oh man, are you sure you want to talk about this right now? Yes, yes, I'm very sure. Right. Do I watched, I watched um, on Amazon Prime. It is called Lorena. Amazon you, Show of the Week. Are you familiar with Lorena Bobbitt? No, I have no idea. All right, Lorena Bobbitt. Back in the day, she cut off her husband's dick. What? Back in 1993. In 93, she cut off a dick? Yeah, she cut off her husband's dick. Tell me more. And then, and then, and then got in the car and drove away with it. In her what? hand still. Yeah. Uh-uh. Uh-huh. And then That's, at some point... Is, that, is, it like, like a, is it a movie or a documentary? This is a real-life fucking event. This it's really, really happened. happened. Yeah. Did she buckle it up? Nah, she drove away with it, right? Had it what in her the hand. Fuck. Okay. Without, didn't put it in a seatbelt, and then at some point down the road, she throws it out the window. Oh my god! Why? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we find out at some How did point this that yeah, he'd been they'd been married for a while, but I think four years they they were married, and she told us or I guess many times over that he was like very emotionally abusive to her, sometimes physically abusive. And at times he actually sexually assaulted her and raped his wife. Um, so I guess it all became too overwhelming for her. And, you know, she said he attacked me with this thing. I'm going to fucking take that thing away from him. So he can't attack me anymore. And, uh, it was, it was gnarly to hear about, like, I remember hearing about it at the time and all the focus was on her as being this, you know, spitfire Latina. She's fucking going crazy and chopping off dicks and kind of pushed to the back burner where it was to talk about the domestic violence in the marriage. So, uh, Jordan Peele is actually the executive producer. And, you know, so it's like his shit, you know, Jordan Peele, who did Get Out. 
Yeah, I love it. I'm so, fucking, ready to see, I'm so ready to see us. It's us like, looks fucking awesome, doesn't it? It yeah, looks Jordan, so fucking creepy. That that Jordan, I, I literally Jordan, creeped out. Jordan Peele is is on a fucking on some next level shit. Like he's, he's on like, the level that he's he's on me. the level that Kanye thinks he's on. <laughs> I love it too. Like I, and like and like we got a we get a trilogy of these of these uh these movies that are like racially influenced too, right? So yeah. there's one more coming. And he might, yeah, he's yeah. probably going to do more. I mean, he'll do, it's, it's anyway, he, he produced this and, uh, you know, it kind of gives, it kind of sheds more light on the, on the sexual assault and rape of, and, and I don't know, you know, it's, it's kind of gnarly. Like it's a crazy that's, fucking it's, story. That's fucking insane. So like literally like that story right there, like, yeah, being in, you know, fucking what the nineties, like the world wasn't, the world hadn't really like changed a lot. So like, so like, I guess she was like highly condemned probably. Yeah. And I think we had, yeah. And you had a, you had a field where a lot of the people were men and you know, the editors of newspapers were men and the people in charge. Yeah. And the people in charge of media were men. So, you know, there was a, an air of toxic masculinity and, and let's focus on the fact that she cut off this dick rather than like, yeah, it's what well, sold may- back then. did she have a reason to do it? And maybe she did. I think at the end of the day, they're both guilty. I mean, she admits that, yeah, she fucking lopped off his dick and there's some questions about, you know, the story after it happened and, you know, that's was such she? A, that's such a fine line back then because, like, they're like, "Oh, well, he's your husband. He's trying to rape you." Like, yeah, you can still rape, like, yeah. your wife. Like, that's real. Like, that's a real thing. And so, yeah, like, I I like that in today's world, like in our culture now, like, it's kind of like she, you know, gets to retell her story, and like, people are gonna look at it from a different perspective, like. Yeah, if I'm a chick and, and like I'm married to this guy and he's like hardcore and like you know he makes all the money and I'm at home and I really don't have any other options and he just keeps doing this and I just get so fucking fed up. Like, I mean, I probably yeah, wouldn't cut off a dick. I mean, I'd probably just kill the guy. It was like even different. <laughs> like you learn about their relationship and how she was the one that was she was the only one making money. Like she was taking care of both of them. Like it's kind of crazy. Oh really? So, so it was yeah, like that. Yeah. So he, oh yeah, well he deserved to have his dick cut off. Yeah, he didn't deserve yeah. to die. Um, but yeah. like you know, and then they they do a lot of talking to him. They talk to her, and yeah, there's a lot. Like so, he didn't die. Like yeah, he got his dick reattached. Um, what? So he yeah. went. All right. So let's. That's the story so, I want to watch. I want to watch the search for his dick. Oh, dude, they talk about it, man. Like, to the point where one, one, I think the guy that found it, like, wouldn't even pick it up. He made somebody else do it because oh, okay. he was like, he was like a religious man or something. Oh, he my God. Touch, he I wouldn't on, touch another dick. <laughs> I was on IG earlier and I saw a meme with, like, somebody holding a dildo out of a car window. That's got to be what that's <laughs> from. That's got to be what that's from. Maybe, but I, I don't know. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. Well, my, my show, I got to watch that uh, for sure. I got to get a prime. I'll, I'll get yeah. the login. So yeah. take into account what your mom said about that show, too. I mean, she we asked her what she thought about it because she had seen it, and she blamed her, and she said that she was guilty. And I don't, you know, I don't think 
that my mom understood. And and for those of you listening to this, we we had a conversation, and and he didn't tell me anything that it was about. Yeah. I didn't look anything up. <laughs> he he just told me he was like, well, we were, we were like talking about you know what we're going to talk about for garage talk, and I was like, all right, I'm not going to look anything up about it. I'm not going to where I'll let you tell me. So yeah, my mom had made this comment, and she was just like, I think it was wrong. I definitely now know that my mother did not watch that fucking documentary on Amazon. Yeah, like I don't, I'm not saying about what happened that, in the '90s. I'm not <laughs> saying that it was right what she did, but I mean, I think they're they're both, and there's they both found some level of wrong. Dude, if you get people like, no, like, here's my deal. If you do that shit openly, because like, I'm big, like I'm hardcore against like mental abuse. Cause like, like, you know, I, I know people that have been affected by that in their life and like, you know, verbal abuse, things like that. Like people manipulate people and like, can, like in a way they control the outcome of how that person is. When somebody gets to a breaking point, that kind of shit happens. Just this sporadic shit. So, I mean, like. I, like I said, I've got to go watch it and make my own assumptions. Like when I get all yeah. the deets, I got to get all the deets and that shit. But I just, I find it hard to be- Yeah, go ahead. No, I was saying from hearing what you're saying, like automatically I'm like, I get it. Like you're fucking, you snap because like when you really study like the shit that people can put people through, like, like they, they just do these fucking, you know, erroneous acts. Like, and that's just like them just like, wanting to take all that anger and just get it out. And so yep. she just chose to chop his dick off and throw it all outside of the window on the freeway. I just, I'm just having a hard time, um, believing that she's lying about that stuff. And you know what I mean? I just, based on what I saw, it's impossible for me to believe that he didn't do it and didn't abuse her and didn't rape her whenever he wanted. But I mean, it's it's a well known fact that he did cut her dick. Or she did cut his dick off. So, I mean, they both they both are guilty of something. It's just, I mean, is he is he like denying? Like, did he deny doing that shit to her? Yeah, he completely denied it. Completely denied. Yeah, he's just like, nope, none of that happened. Blah blah. Did blah. he take a polygraph? No, man, don't ever take a polygraph. Polygraph doesn't do shit. Okay, so I I just automatically assume you can read people pretty well, right? I, I can, yes. I can too. So like, I just gotta like like watch this dude talk. Yeah, watch it, and you and you'll know, and you'll see he's a liar. Like you'll you'll know he's lying. It's very easy to tell. Like when you do this, when you do this, like I don't know, I just, I've done this since I was a kid. I've been able to read people very well. I just, uh, yeah, I just believe. I believe. I believe her. Over him, that I'm doesn't mean her not guilty. <laughs> like, I mean, she definitely cut off his dick. Yeah, you cut a dick off. You yeah. kind of did that. So, <laughs> <laughs> she definitely did do that. But I mean, hey, the mother karma's a bitch, you know. And if, and if, and all, like I said, I'll make my assumptions after. But I, you know, people do crazy shit when they're caged like that for so many years. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. Uh, it was definitely, you know, four hours that. It's four parts. I think each of them is about an hour. Right. I mean, if it was because like she, you know, like if the real story was like, you know, he wouldn't give me money or he wouldn't let me go shopping. So I cut his dick off and I'd be like, lock that bitch up. She's crazy. Yeah. No, that's not <laughs> it. Okay. That's I'm definitely, definitely watching. not it. 
my show is not nearly as entertaining as yours. Obviously. <laughs> uh, that was probably like the deepest conversation we've ever had about a television show that I've never watched. Yeah. Uh, that was good shit. And it, I mean, you have to, when, when it comes to cutting dicks off, they show pictures of it too. Yeah. There's a level of serious. They show pictures. Bro, oh, okay. They show pictures of a little fucking nubbin that gets cut off. Pornogamentary. And then, and then, and then eventually, like, I mean, this happened later on after it gets reattached and whatnot. He he made some porno movies just to try to prove that his dick worked. And what? I, I, I haven't gone back to try. Like, I vaguely remember seeing the porno when, when it came out back in the day. That's fucking I, insane. So, yeah, you can't just leave that fact out. Like, this yeah, motherfucker made a porno? I, yeah, I was about to get to that, and then we got kind of sidetracked. Um, yeah, yeah, he was involved in a porno. Ron Jeremy was in it with him, um, but I don't, I don't think his dick was working, man. Just like, like flaccid, like I don't. Yeah, I think worm they were infested. Like I, I remember him getting head, and it, it was just, yeah, it was just. Why would you ever suck something that's been on the side of the road? It was like a, it was like a shriveled up fucking mini carrot or some shit. Like, <sighs> yeah, I don't believe he has much of a penis. Tough break for that guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first cut is the deepest. They say. No, Cheryl Crow. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> that's fucking. A big that shout be- out. Big shout out to Luke Perry who is suffering a stroke. He's in the hospital. He played Dylan McKay on the original Beverly Hills 90210. I know that has nothing to do with a guy getting his dick cut off, but it, right. it just jumped in my head. And when I'm stoned, like I'm usually all over the place. So and that's what. Yeah, that's why dude we got his dick chopped off. You should definitely, um, you should definitely spend four hours watching that. Ditch Dick, the documentary. Yeah. Okay, so what I watched this week uh, was Netflix. Um, I uh, I was kind of like I did. I was pretty busy this week. I hadn't had a lot of time to like watch a lot of shit, but I did catch a couple episodes of the two thousands. It's a CNN documentary. They go through the decades. They have like one for the eighties, the nineties. I've watched all the ones for the nineties, which were fucking dope. Love that era. And then the two thousands, which is the era that I grew up in. Most of you listening probably grew up in this era. Um, I watched the, uh, the episode talking about like TV, like talking about like how the Sopranos like changed television and yeah, it changed the landscape of television for sure. Okay. I'm not embarrassed to say this. I, the only, the only episode of the Sopranos I've ever watched is the last episode. You suck, dude. I have got to watch the Sopranos. Yeah. Um, it's, um, it's a brilliant piece of, of, of art. Um, really smart. Really intelligent. David Chase was ahead of his game. I he went ahead to of his time, and I, and see that's my thing is I've watched so many documentaries um, that it's been a part of it, and like I've just heard so many people talk about it, and I saw the VHS season one box set at a thrift store, and I put it on <laughs> a couple weeks ago, and I was like, yo, this is fucking dope, and so it just I get I keep being reminded like, hey, the Sopranos exist, you should watch it. And like the universe just keeps putting it in my view. So I need to like really do that. So definitely going to have to do that. But it talks about all the TV shows, talks about like, um, you know, how the culture of television shifted 
from like, you know, being on set where you have the live audience and you're, you know, single camera or or multi-camera television shows. And then how it made the transition to single shot with like Malcolm in the middle and, uh, other shows like that and then what were some other ones they had lost lost was my jam lost, back then. yeah lost was if one. you want to talk about a real change to the landscape of tv lost came at a time when the internet really started picking up and it allowed for you know large fan bases and groups of fans to actually interact and talk about a show that was like confusing as fuck and needed to be discussed I never watched Lost either, but I but like I've heard how it ends, and I'm. It was just a super perfect. <laughs> it was just super perfect timing. Um, I mean, Lost is good. It's actually it's probably a, one of my favorites because it was interesting because it and the timing of it, like I said, was helpful. Right. Um, it was just in it, that era. It For was me, cool to be able to jump on and see people write articles about fucking the episode, and you catch shit that you missed, and then you end up watching it again, and you're like. Holy fuck, how did I miss that? Um, I think, re- I think, really good shit. So I think for me, probably the one show that stood out to me was uh, Breaking Bad that was on that documentary. I love Breaking Bad. I've watched it yeah. twice. Breaking um, Bad's the goat. We've got, we've got some more Breaking Bad coming. A movie? Yeah, they're making a movie. It's going to be dope. Yeah, bitch. Yeah, anytime you can get Aaron Paul saying bitch a couple more times, that'll be good. I, I, I just um, go back and rewatch it all the time just to hear it. The episode yeah. where you put the guy in the fucking acid in the barrel <laughs> and they That's like right, broke right the fucking the tub. Yeah, that shit was ah, uh, oh, bitch! <laughs> Did you watch uh, uh, have you seen Better Call Saul at all? You know, I started it and I hated it and I never it, watched it again. It, no, it, it gets fucking really good. Yeah, it's AMC's AMC's goat. It's brilliantly done. It does it does start out slow though. It's a very slow burn. By the end of the first season, it it I think the beginning of the second season is when it starts getting like really good. Okay, so Um, I may have to go back and revisit it. Yeah, the writing is brilliant. The fucking acting is amazing. It's just yeah, and I think they just finished like season four, maybe. And he's really just ramped up trying like he's really just becoming Saul Goodman. Right. So it, it takes a while for him to get there and they kind of run you through all the things it takes to get there. It just so that's really slow. Like it was that slow build slow. up is very necessary. It's very necessary. I hated it too, and I stopped watching it and then Yeah, because like you already had a piece of him in Breaking Bad. Like yeah. you kinda know who this guy is and it's like, okay, he's a sleazy lawyer, T V lawyer, this and that. Why do yeah, I need but- it? Why is it the ride? Me to get the ride to get there is worth it. Once you get, once you get through the first season, it is a little slow. Okay, so I'll definitely um, do that. I'll look into that. I may have some more shows to talk about, but but it's writing. The fucking writing is fucking amazing, um, and you know the acting is is really fucking good. Word. So those were like some of the TV shows. Like they had two episodes of the 2000s that talked about those television shows and like how they changed, you know, in the decade. The next best uh, one that I watched was um, was I Want My MP3 is the name of the episode. Talks about music in the 2000s and how we saw the cultural shift of like rock being left behind and like how hip hop and EDM became like the new rock stars. 
of okay. and like how that all took off. Like that was big, you know, I'm a huge music guy. Loved every minute of watching that and how that played out. They kind of went back and talking about like rock and how after September 11, it changed music. Like when green day came out with like American idiot and like wake me up when September ends, it was just kind of like a collective piece of like what was going on at that time. And I think that was pretty awesome. And like, I never was really that big into green day. Like I liked the older green day stuff, but like, I remember that one album. I just remember like, wake me up when September ends was like the first song I ever learned how to play on guitar. Nice. And, okay. uh, and then they talked about, um, like, you know, in the early two thousands, like the boy bands, like Backstreet Boys, NSYNC and then Napster, they talked about Napster and then how Apple basically changed music. Um, and then they kind of went into like the whole, when the electronic music started infusing itself and just created like a, a, you know, a phenomenon with music. And then, uh, the I generation was another great episode talking about the technology and the time of, of how we literally, I really feel like a, we, we found some aliens and we took their technology in the 2000s because we literally went from the Motorola Razor to a fucking phone with glass that you could touch shit. Like, <laughs> like zero to a hundred, dude. Like, and when, and when I rewatched it, like, you know, I remember being a kid and like, you know, having my Razor, the Samsung Blackjacks, the fucking Motorola Slivers, like all those phones. And, but the, I don't, I didn't really understand the impact of how defining of a moment that was for technology in our culture, in our world, dude, because my, my you're talking about when Steve jobs introduces the first iPhone. Is that what yes. you're really talking about? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like I yeah, remember my buddy, some, some disruptive shit right there. I yeah, mean, he fucked up the whole industry. Shit. Yeah. And, and I that's didn't what realize. he was trying. That's what he was trying to do. Right. And then, uh, <laughs> what was it? Google came out after that and released a phone that was like a slide phone with a keyboard, but it was touchscreen. And then like Steve jobs was like super pissed with Google. And I didn't know all that shit went down, but I remember my buddy from back home, uh, I was, we were playing, he was on the baseball team with me in my high school and his mom and dad actually bought him the first gen iPhone for Christmas. And I remember going to his house and seeing it. And I was just like, how is this real? Like this, like, I I was like, this is fucking nuts. I was like, this is insanity. Like this thing is, it's, this is not real. Like, and I immediately went home and I was like, why do you hate me? Mom and dad, why do you hate me? Like, what do you mean? I'm like, I don't have an iPhone. I remember my first iPhone was the iPhone 3G. My mom brought it home to me. And I literally did not do anything but play on that phone for fucking four days, bro. Yeah. I mean, it's a a game changer for sure. It was wild. So there was just so much defining shit that happened in the 2000s. And as a kid, you know, I always like growing up and and even a couple years back, I was always like, you know, I think I missed my generation. You know, I should have been born in the 80s because I love 80s, you know, pop culture and everything about the 80s there is. Um, But now that, you know, I'm getting older, I'm starting to realize I feel like I, I grew up in like one of the best generations of all time. But then again, everybody does. Um, but the two thousands were fucking dope and it was a great, great documentary. If you haven't watched it yet, go check that shit out. ASAP. I will. I will have to I've got to go watch Elena, Elena Bop it. Is that what it is? Like Bop it. It's, it's Bob it. It's called Lorena, Lorena, Lorena Bob it. That's her name. Yeah. I'm doing that. I'm doing that for sure. Um, before we, before we go, before we end the show, 
uh, Garage Jam is a collective jam this week. There is a playlist on Spotify. There was a movie. Remember Bloodhound Gang, bro? Oh, but no, what? You remember the Bloodhound Gang? Oh yeah, I remember the Bloodhound Gang. Unts, baby. Yeah, I love that shit. But no, that's not the Garage Jam this week. But it is fire. Um, I was, I had a little bit of nostalgia couple days ago and um there was a movie that came out when i was a kid i was a big skateboarder kid the movie was called grind and it was just a movie about these guys that were like competition skateboarders and they just traveled across the country and they had like tony hawk and uh ryan fucking i can't even think of the kid's last name sheckler ryan sheckler yeah ryan sheckler like all those guys the sheck bam margera was in this movie um and it was just ryan sheckler's he used to be a fucking asshole. I don't know how he is anymore, but he was kind oh. of a douchebag when I met him. Oh, you met you met Sheckler? I met Sheckler before, yeah. He's from Newport Beach. I lived in Huntington. Okay, extended extended podcast right now. Talk about it. Uh, it was. I don't even remember too much about it. I remember him being a little punk kid, and uh, I forget. We were somewhere fucking kicking it and smoking some weed and one of the, I don't know, I guess a little brother, the younger brother of dude I was hanging out with was friends with Sheckler, and they were all over there. And he, yeah, so he was kind of like a little pompous little punk kid trying to get into the circle, and I fucking threw him out of the circle. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, dude. What are you, like 12? Did you break your skateboard? No, nah, I didn't do that. I'm not, I'm not an asshole. Did you unscrew his, his wheels? Did you take his wheels off? Uh, no, no. It turns out he was like, I think he was like 20 at the time. So he wasn't even a fucking kid. He Did looked like him he in the face. Like 14. No, I just told him to get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> we just, like, dude, you didn't put in on this. Get the fuck out told of Ryan Sheckler to get the fuck out of his face. Yeah. You told him to get the funk out of your face and started saying. That was, that was probably 10, 10-ish years ago. I think he was 18 or 19. Maybe I'm just guessing. It was around 2009 when that happened. So the it was about 10 years know. ago. I was yeah. I was a wee 11th grader. The more yeah. you know, fucking he crazy. Was, uh, yeah, he was just a little fucking pompous little, you know. And and what do you expect to happen? The kid becomes a superstar at the age of like 14. You know, everybody's fucking filleting him and giving him whatever he wants, and of course he's gonna be like that. Yeah, meth is bad. Yeah, but uh, I don't. I don't fucking play those games. I don't. Fuck you, Ron Sheckler. You're not a friend of the podcast anymore. Yeah, you're not a friend of the Stoners. Not a friend of yours. I mean, he might be cool now. He's older. He's probably pushing thirty. I mean, I'm just guessing. Maybe he leveled out. Yeah, I mean, like I said, he was he was a punk kid back then, so he's probably cool now. For sure, Ben Marjorie was always my guy. I think he was popping pills for a while. Yeah. Same with him. He's all fucked up too. I mean, yeah. well, I mean, after after he lost uh, Ryan, uh, what's his name? The other Ryan. Yeah, when Ryan Dunn died. Yeah, Ryan Dunn. Yeah, I mean, he's got a picture. He put on Instagram the other day. He had like a picture of Ryan Dunn in his house, which was pretty fucking awesome. But yeah, after he died, a lot of shit just kind of went south for him. But I, I feel for Bam, man. I watched a I watched like a exclusive interview with Bam Margera, like about him going in and out of rehab. Man, I feel for that guy. You know, he uh, he he embraced the culture of jackass and. He just kind of lived his life like that, man. And then after his buddy died, he just went fucking down, man. And it just sucks. I hate to see that. Yeah, shit. it took him down pretty good. But 
but uh yeah, yeah the movie grind uh, it, it inspired me to go on spotify and uh i found the soundtrack playlist the playlist for grind is on spotify and i'm putting it in the garage jams playlist for all of you um that are not following it on spotify it's time to go fucking follow it and you can hear all the music we talk about it's got a hefty track list of just fucking awesome songs that'll bring back so many fucking memories if you were like a skater kid um like i was and if you were a big fan of the movie itself like it'll just kind of take you back to like sitting in your living room or like watching it and then wanting to instantly go outside and ride your element board down the street um a couple of if you haven't seen it you should watch it it's a dope ass movie it is it's one of the greatest movies of the generation for sure because skateboarding was such a cultural thing uh, it's got songs like uh, Boom by P.O.D., fucking banger. Um, we've got Simple Plan, I'm Just a Kid, like the first rendition of emo music when it was still punk. Uh, Seeing Red by Unwritten Law is probably one of my favorite songs off that album. The soundtrack itself, um, just a great fucking song. Probably, like, like I said, number one song. Uh, Line and Sinker by Billy Talent. Um, it's got Little Kim, The Jump Off. Fucking, that was a club banger. Uh, then what else we got? We have um, Fly From The Inside by Shinedown. Probably the only song by Shinedown that's worth a damn. And um, Oh, be nice. Uh, well, Shinedown's okay, but... They did a hell of a Simple Man version. They did. They did. I like Skinner's version better, though. And 40, 45 is a good Shinedown song, too. 45 is, yeah. That was a defining moment for Shinedown. But uh, yeah. Fly From The Inside was good. And then uh, my second favorite song off the album behind Sea and Red is Fever For The Flavor by hot action cop which is basically a song about give me that pussy girl so and it's uh and it's a badass song as well and it just got this groovy fucking sound to it like but at least they're asking for consent you know that's the most important part of the song it's like do you think that i could get some jiggy jiggy they're asking for consent so right definitely ask for consent not trying to grab any pussies like someone no means no means no that's right don't don't get your dick cut off. Or you'll get your dick cut off. Exactly. <laughs> you have to do a dick I mean, and yeah, yeah, it's gonna be in a in a grassy knoll somewhere. God damn, I have to go now and watch that, like right now. Like I'm gonna yeah. end this and and everyone's listening right now. And I'm probably just getting on like what is how many episodes are on it? It's four episodes. I think I'll be they're like, each, I'll they're be each about an hour. Yeah. By the time you've listened to this, I've watched it, and I'm probably <laughs> talking about it right now. Yeah. But uh, anyway, great week, fucking great show as always, and uh, we're gonna be back next week with cool shit as always. You have any last words? No, I'm just still fucking shaking out the cobwebs from this uh, this move I made last weekend. From the movie, you know, we Bless relocated again. Bless was, yourself. Uh, you know, it was for, for another job offer that was too good to turn down. Um, so it sucks to have to do that, but sometimes life happens. Uh, it does, for sure. I already liked this little city better than where we were before. Yeah, I'd from rather what you st- told me, you've got a sweet fucking setup. Yeah, I'd rather s- not say about that, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah? Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, not yet. I mean, just just still getting my feet in those doors so i don't want to i don't want to burn those bridges just in case um but yeah it's cool it's it's not so bad so we'll see i of course would rather 
be back in Southern California, but for sure, um, I'll survive. So yeah, I mean, everyone enjoy your weekend, NFL combine stuff. Um, you know, baseball season's ramping up. We'll be we'll lot, still be drafting happening right now. Yeah, we'll still be drafting. So, uh, so as always, hit us up on Twitter. You follow me at Garage Guy Chase Stoner. Where do they follow you at? At Fantasy FB Stoner. And follow the show at Garage Guy Sports everywhere that social media is allowed. Yeah. And don't forget to fucking rate and review, assholes. And subscribe. We have we have uh we have a new state that's listening now. What do we got? Are you ready for this? Yeah. We have a listener in Oregon. Oregon. They yeah. got some dank they got some danky green up in Oregon. All I think about when I think about or the first thing that comes to mind when I think about Oregon is the Gorgonites from Small Soldiers. <laughs> the Gorgonites. That's right. So shout out to all you Gorgonites listening to the, the podcast yeah. now. We love you. We love everybody else in the Garage Fam. Rate, review, subscribe. We'll be back next Do week. It. Sports party. Repeat.